When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Celtics fall 89-86 to to the New York Knicks in the second Honeywell Cheerio edition of Knicks and Celtics this season. Welcome to the Garter Report on Celtics Blog and CLNS Radio. My name is Jared Weiss. With me, Evan Quinchy and Jimmy Piscato from the Celtics Blog Nation. I read the CLNS Radio Nation. Behind the camera, Lucas Perrell, and we're going to discuss uh, with the two guys that didn't seem to get along a couple uh, weeks ago. Something about Timothy's Puncher. I don't remember how it goes. Timothy's <laughs> Puncher. There's actually... Bumblebee and Bumblebee. Yeah, and Rondo wandering through the crowd. Actually, uh, KG and Mellows, who we're talking about, if you've never watched a Celtic game before. Uh, people wearing Honeymoon Cheerio shirts, I think courtesy of Barstool Sports, uh, I think were turned away at the door uh, with those shirts. Or they have to take them off. Exactly. How is it even legal? Don't we have freedom of expression in this country? I, no, whatever. no. We live in communist Russia. Because they're still communists, right? That was not today reference there. Uh, so we're going to talk about that fourth quarter, which was super-duper wonderful. Uh, we're going to talk about all-star snubs and all-star duds, uh, and we're going to box out and go balling tonight, baller of the night, because we always do that in every single show. Uh, so KG, Mello, they square off for the first time since a lot of tension happened, a lot of pushing, a lot of shoving, not really, but a lot of jabber-jabber talking, uh, and then Mello chases after KG, going to the locker room, gets denied, waits for him by the bus, gets denied by about 400,000 security guards. Tonight, nobody's separating them on the court. They get to talk to each other. Let's see what they have to say about the two things. KG did not really want to talk about it. I didn't say much. There's no grudges between myself and, and, and KG. Whatever happened, it happened. It's over with. You know, we, we spoke about that. It's over with. I, I don't hold grudges or anything like that. And, you know, he, he fell. He, I helped him up. And I don't, I don't have nothing to do with you know, a guy like that. Final, final question, folks. Thing over and done with. <sighs> so KG storms off there. He doesn't want to talk about it. Melo. Uh, probably because of the way that the game ended up going. Right. Well, There's a little bit more willing to talk about it. Uh, Evans, we'll start with you. I mean, who, who won the battle? Obviously, Melo won the battle tonight. But right. what, I mean, what do you think of the situation now? That it's over, I guess? I mean, yeah, it's two weeks in the past. At this point, you just put it behind you and let your play do the talking. And Carmelo's played it the talking. He had a decent game. He scored 28 points. Took him a lot of shots to get there. But yeah. in the end, his team gets the win, so he's going to be happy, obviously. Yeah, I mean, the reports are that they talked it out on the phone and they... They did talk it out. They did this thing, uh, whatever they want to call it, dapped it out before the game started. And I know Melo even held up, uh, helped KG up at one point off mm-hmm. the floor, so that was that was very peace-loving. So, I was just, you know, I guess it's good to see that. I mean, are they best friends? No, but they're cordial enough to be able to play a basketball game against each other. So, unfortunately, Melo, or unfortunately for the Celtics, Melo played a better one than... It's funny, with all the jokes that we've made, they did technically hold hands. I suppose. Yeah, Yeah, technically they're holding hands there. Uh, But, I mean, KG, 
KG had a lot of responsibility in this game because you have Tyson, who's so active on the weak side for the Knicks. And then Amari, who was, uh, let's see, four for seven from the field, but seven for eight from the line. Um, I think all of that coming in the first half, actually. So Amari kind of gets taken out of the game for a lot of the second half. The Knicks, they end up scoring in the paint uh, 32 points, which isn't really a ton, Celtics at 50. So how do you think KG, even though his numbers aren't really fantastic, three for nine shooting, only eight points, did have 12 rebounds, but I mean, Jimmy, how do you think KG did tonight? I actually thought he did well. I mean, yeah. a lot of stuff he did didn't show up in the session. I thought he was active. I thought he was setting a lot of picks. Uh, he was trying to pop. He was trying to roll. Uh, it was tough getting involved tonight. I mean, give, give it up to Chandler and, and guys like Stoudemire. I mean, they were preventing him at a lot of points from getting the ball and down low with the paint. Um, I did think, I, I don't have any complaints of the way he played. I mean, yeah, there were some jump shots coming in, but you can say that about everybody on the Celtics lately. Sure. Um, the entire team is in jump shots, and that's essentially why they're losing games. So I don't think you can. Look, you can look at the stat sheet and say, oh my gosh, well, Carmelo dominated the matchup. Well, it wasn't exactly, it wasn't exactly them one-on-one. You know, I mean, they, didn't, they weren't matched up against each other. I thought that Garnett did something well and Carmelo did something as well. You're never going to see Garnett take 28 shots, so it's kind of tough to compare the stats. It wasn't KG against Melo. It was KG against the Knicks' entire inside presence. I mean, you look at the Celtics' defense in the paint, it's all on KG. I mean, Brandon Mathis played terrible. Uh, Jason Collins and Chris Wilcox are not playing at all, pretty much. It's all on KG to stop the Knicks single-handedly. You look at Tyson Chandler, who's one of the best, like, inside of pick-and-roll scorers in the league. All-star. All-star. Absolutely deserving all-star, by the way. Yeah. And you look at Amari, who's starting to play well these days. You look at Carmelo. I mean, the Knicks are dominating in the paint, and it's all on KG to stop all of them all, all by himself. Yeah. I mean, given all that... You know, you'll take eight points and twelve boards. It's not bad. He had a pretty good game. Important, important to know. Wilcox had a DNPCD coach's decision. It's but been the third exactly. It's been the right thumb injury for a few weeks now, but right now he's getting DNPs because the coach is playing. So even more pressure on KG and on Bass because Soli's getting into foul trouble all these games. He played 15 minutes a night. He had four. He was in foul trouble again. He had four fouls. So there's a lot. It's a lot of pressure on Bass to step up defensively. I mean, I thought he did a decent job in the second half. He didn't make a t- you know, any really huge blunders, but he's not really making any plays for them. He had the Cleveland game, like the last game, where he had a ton of shots because he got a lot of open shots because they were just leaving them open for, for him. But he's not really making a lot of plays right now, and they. That's too much pressure on KG. All-star starters here, there's too much pressure on him. Yeah, I mean, Bass isn't a guy that's going to create his own shot. He's not going to, I mean, he's a guy that, he's a guy like Rondo yeah. to get him to look. And the, only, the best thing about Bass is that he's a jump shooter. And if he's hitting a shot, I said it last year, great. If he's not, then well, what's he doing for you? He's not known for his defense at all. Uh, he's not known for passing. He's not pass Bass for a reason. Um, and he, he's pretty one-dimensional, I mean. Not a tall guy. He's not gonna. Yeah. You know, he, he's large. He can. You know, sometimes he can out rebound you on the on the offensive glass. But overall, he's a jump shooting big guy. And if he's not in his jump shot, then he's kind of worthless. All right, Evan, yeah. can you please describe the fourth quarter for me? The fourth. How did I say it? Wait, the fourth quarter went. Celtic turnover, Nick miss. Celtic turnover, Nick miss. Celtic turnover, Nick miss. Game over. Beautiful. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, yeah, more or less. Yeah. The, the, the one exception to that was when J.R. Jeff Smith got a shot that he did not miss, which was that giant three with a minute left to put the game away. Yeah. Other than that one shot, it was pretty much just Celtic turnover, Nick miss. Mm-hmm. And it's a night There you go. Yeah, it was a it was an offensive. I guess you could say struggle for both these teams at some point in the game. Um, I don't know if it's a testament to the defense or if it's just off shooting night for both. I know they missed both missed a lot of threes. Um, I'm sure we'll get into that in later, but um, you know, it, it's at least if the Celtics are going to lose, I'd rather them lose 
low scoring and lose 115 to 100. You know yeah. what I mean? Because if they're playing defense, and that that was a big issue with this team to start the year, and at least that's something that they seem to fix a little bit. Uh, and now it's just the offense, and I think I, I think that it's going to come eventually. I mean, how long can jump shooters miss jump shots? At some point, they're going to start they can falling. Miss for a long time. They can, but you got to hope that the entire team collectively doesn't miss for a long time. You know, guys should start. Hopefully, cop Jason Terry. Once yeah. in a blue moon. Yeah. I mean, you look at the numbers, 89-86 was a pretty respectable low score, but I don't think this really felt like an 89-86 game. It just right. seemed like a lot of open shots were missing. And, and like, the, the Celtics' defensive rotations are not at their sharpest right now. There were a lot of plays where the Knicks would just kind of shuffle the ball around the perimeter and bang, 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 three passes later, there's an open three, and they just happened to miss that three. That's not defense. That's just the shot right. moving out. Yeah. And, you know, and how many times did J.R. Smith have a good look and it just rimmed out? Like, that's not defense. The Knicks will do this. They'll shoot themselves in, in three games. Mm-hmm. Out of they lead the league and I think, made and attempted three points. So, usually that that hinges on their success. And tonight, they didn't shoot well, but they did come up with the win. Just barely, but I think that's uh, a little more, you know, probably less often than usual that they would shoot that poorly for three and still win. You know, they shot themselves out of this game. By the way, 8 for 28 from downtown for the Knicks, which is crazy. 28 attempts. Especially for a team that was leading most of the second half. Uh, they shot themselves out of this game. They still won. And it's mostly, I mean, let's not take the reason, but a huge reason is those last couple possessions there. Pierce fumbles the ball away. Quickly, before we hear from Paul and Doc themselves about this, Jimmy, is that was that entirely Pierce's fault? I mean, what what do you think happened on those plays? How awful? No, it wasn't was entirely Pierce's fault on both plays. I thought I didn't get a clean look at the first turnover with Terry. I don't know exactly what went on there. I think Terry was Pierce just not ready for the the pass because he was like crawling around a screen and he just like, like kind of Terry kind of gave it to him there. And I, I mean, Pierce is a big reason for both those turnovers. I do think the second one is a little more interesting because I think Rondo had a chance to do other things with the ball. I think on the inbounds. May have had Jeff Green going to the basket, and I think Doc said that he had Terry open at 1.2, yep. and he just kind of the play seemed to be dead by at that point. And yep. Rondo was just trying to get rid of the ball, and he saw Pierce, and I thought that while Pierce did get a hand on the ball, it did seem like the pass was a little rushed, and maybe maybe a second or two for Pierce to get a little more space. Yeah. But hey, I mean Pierce isn't Pierce took the blame. I mean, he didn't push the blame on Rondo or anybody. Yeah, well, the thing though is that that's like got to be the third time in at least probably a month or so that Rondo has held on to the ball for way too long during an inbounds play. Second guess. Yeah, it's, it, but the thing is he had his options earlier, but I think he's scared to give it to guys like Green and Terry who are cold and are hitting their shots right now and he's desperate to find Paul or Kevin. And we saw, I asked Doc about this earlier from Doc in a second, but their fourth quarter offense was basically just trying to run the pick and roll yeah. with Rondo and Kevin, try to get as yeah. close to the rim as possible on that pick and roll. And uh, Doc, yeah. real quick, yeah. that's sure. what I meant by it. it didn't really show up in the stats sheet what Kevin was doing. Yeah, a lot. Exactly. You know what? No, screw it. Just let's hear from Doc what he <laughs> had to say about it. He's going to put it better than I can. You guys kept going to the multiple pick and roll between Kevin and Rondo. Yeah. Were you deliberately trying to set multiple pick and Yeah, because they were trying to go under. And uh, Kevin was setting the pick so low. Rondo was getting shots at the elbow, or Kevin was rolling. Uh, so we were going to get one of the two. All right, well, let's go out of the box right now. Evans, we'll start with you. What's your stat of the night? My stat is 11 for 46. That was the combined three-point shooting of everybody on the floor. Uh, Carmelo was missing. Oh. J.R. Smith was missing. Jason Kidd was missing. Paul Pierce was missing. Andrew Bradley was missing. Jeff Green was missing. By the way, Ezra Bobosa was also missing. 
Um, wow. Nobody could hit a shot. Part of that is defense, but a lot of it is just shots just not falling. I mean, it was just an ugly game shooting-wise. That's my stat. A lot of brick threes. Good stat. Thanks. My stat is 12 turnovers for the Celtics, which isn't that many turnovers, actually. However, those 12 turnovers turned into 19 points. I think it was a couple games ago the Celtics caused 21 turnovers, and they only scored 7 points, I think. So to give up 19 points on 12 turnovers is disgusting. It's a little bit nauseous. Absolutely disgusting. It's unfortunate that... You know, when you do turn, you know, you pick the ball the way they did, then mm. you did pay for them in the in the you know, few times that you turn the ball over, but nineteen points on twelve turnovers so that. Pretty pretty close to your stat. Uh J.R. Smith and Carmelo Anthony combined to forty uh, fourteen for forty four shooting from the field. Uh best thing, I'm sorry, I don't have the plus minus in front of me, but right before the game was about to end. J.R. Smith who went three for 16 on the game, had a 12, uh, 12 plus minus, which at the least one minute left was the best game. So maybe shooting numbers or plus minus, one of those two numbers probably uh, doesn't add up right there. I'm guessing probably the shooting numbers there because he had, you know, because they won the game. No, you should have said they won the game, so his plus minus clearly was what ended up mattering in the end. I'm getting individual player plus minus for one game is garbage. Like, exactly. But if you watch J.R. Smith, he was just he was trying to make so many plays, but he was yes. just chucking up so many bricks tonight. And you know what he does well is when he he's very quick with the ball. Yeah. So when he takes the drive to the hoop, uh, players collapse, and he, that's when he picks it up for threes. And like tonight, the Knicks weren't hitting them, but when they do, I mean that's important for you know Smith that again. You know, that might show up as an assist, but... I How many assists did I go look? Zero. Six? Zero? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Let's read through your hand. That's amazing. All right. So, Jimmy, ball up for us real That's quick. because they weren't hitting the threes that he was dishing out. Oh, okay. Right. There we go. All right. Ball up real quick. Uh, speaking of Jared Smith, uh, terrible shooting, but I'm going to give it to him because he had the three-pointer in the end of the fourth quarter. I'm going to give him for that. Are we going to give it to him? Listen, I mean, that was a two-point game that he made into a five-point game in the last minute of the game there. Yeah. And then he was the reason that Pierce turned the ball over to yeah. end the game for the Celtics. So, exactly. listen, I mean, you shoot, you shoot, what was it, three for 16? I mean, that's terrible shooting. But if the Celtics had a player like Smith coming off the bench for them all season, the way Smith has come up for the Knicks, they would have a much better record than what they do because they have lacked a player to take over off the bench, off the second unit. Jeff Green hasn't done it. We know Terry hasn't done it. We, I mean, Sully has shown up at first, but he can only do so much as a rookie big guy uh, playing with him in the city. And so that's my guy tonight, uh, J.R. Smith. Get past the box score and just look at the plays he made down the stretch. A player of the game is Amari Stoudemire. There, I said it. I, I, he's gotten a lot of flack this season. Mr. Six Man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, he's older and more out of shape and more hurt than he has been in the past. He's gotten all this garbage from fans. Look, he was efficient. 15 points on 4-7 shootings. He shot well from the free throw line, nine boards. Limited minutes. The guy does a lot with him. I mean, Amari, they tried to throw Jared Sollinger at him tonight. They tried to throw Jeff Green at him, and he was just like, please, I'm going to dominate those guys. I mean, Amari, he stepped up and did what he had to do, and I'll get the best. All right, for me, Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to make the easy pick. It's Carmelo Anthony. Uh, you, but you know why? Because the guy, the guy shot 11 for 28, and yeah. he still won the game for his team. I mean, no matter how awful his shooting numbers are, it's still at the end of the game. He's still the guy that's taking over. They just gave him one-on-one with Jeff Green for, like, ten straight plays in the fourth quarter there. And for the most part, he was either able to beat Green and actually get to the rim or get himself to the line a couple times, yeah. or he was able to find somebody open and make the play. So Carmelo, he probably got a ton of hockey assists. 
Keep track of hockey assists. Come on, guys. It's an important stat. Like half half Exactly. Yeah, give him half an assist. But, I mean, he must have had, like, probably eight and a half assists if you add up all the hockey assists. He had uh, three assists on the game, but you add up those hockey assists. He must have had at least eight of those in the fourth quarter. Um, Rondo had 25. (laughs) So, you know, Rondo, Rondo, great game for him. If if the Celtics win this game, it's definitely going the other way around. Right, same thing. I gave it to Rondo last game when they lost, and I... Can't give it to him every game, yes. even though you could probably argue that he does deserve it most of the time. So Rondo gets the Jerry West Baller of the Night Award. We'll okay. From that tonight. All right. So we're going to go around the league right now. All Star Reserves announced today. We got our snubs, and we got some of our dots ready for you in a minute. But first, Paul Pierce is the one that I'm sure people are furious on Twitter, probably saying things that they're going to regret really badly in the morning when they sober up about Pierce not making it. Uh, But let's hear what Doc said, who's a little bit more uh, sober than you guys right now. So Paul didn't make the all-star team. Our record had a lot to do with it. I think he played well enough to make it. But listen, you're two games under 500. We already have two guys on the all-star team. Um, I think the coaching bylaws say we can't put three guys on. Uh, so that's probably the reason. Doc didn't even know that Pierce said yes, made he did. it. Get out of here. I feel like somebody had to have told him. Or, I don't know, he must have heard. He had to have heard. I feel like but, hey, complaining he put, on a, good, he put on a good poker face. I'm not calling him a liar, even though he's lied to us before. All the time. Um, Good job. But the bottom line is I don't think he cares either way. I don't think Pierce cares because Pierce was asked about it too, and he said, you know what, time was going to come. There's a lot of good young players in this league that that deserve it over him. And honestly, Pierce might enjoy, you know, a couple days off that he doesn't really get around this time. time. It's true. Maybe we'll go to Malibu with KG. But uh, Evans... KG's meaning Houston, actually. Exactly. But using, (laughs) using Doc's argument about the whole record thing, LaMarcus Aldridge goes to the All-Star team, but you had another big man that you thought deserved to be there. Absolutely. Marcus All is the best player on one of the four best teams in the Western Conference. How can he possibly not be an All-Star? You look at all the big guys in the league right now, I think the best defender could be Marcus All. I think the best passer could be Marcus All. I think the best post-scorer could be Marcus All. I, I, I don't get it. But the fact that Marcus All is not an All-Star just shocks me. I, I, I can go on forever about this. I agree. But. I mean, if you didn't pick the star, I would pick the I think he's... One of the biggest reasons is because the Grizzlies are where they are. Obviously, the Grizzlies are a tough team, but he is. I mean, he's one of the most, probably, out of all the big men, I mean, he, I'm sure that every GM would be drooling over taking him, you know, over most other big men in the league, including Howard because of his injuries, or Bynum because of his injuries. I mean, there's really not that many big men in the league better than, especially more complete than he is. Yeah. I think Noah is another big man that's a complete player, like, like Gasol. Noah is going, so, you know, good for him. That's his first. I think yeah. he deserved to go because... He's a, you know, he's a, like I said, he passes, he rebounds, and the Bulls are playing great basketball without Derrick Rose. But that's kind of getting off the point, I guess. I'm kind of shocked that this is Joe Kino's first All-Star game. Me too. He would have been to one, you know, like at least a couple by now. Overshadowed by his teammates in Chicago. I mean, right. Rose has been there twice, and uh, Deng twice now, like, you know. And overshadowed by Dwight Howard, of course, who was always the automatic starter in the Eastern Conference, so it's hard to kind of vibe for that backup spot. Now, I thought Anderson Barajow should have been given the honorary all-star. He should have been voted in by the he coaches. So many and then, no, but I think he I think he was so good that he probably should have been voted in by the coaches and then replaced because they knew he wasn't going to play in that. So I was kind of disappointed Maybe. that didn't happen. I mean, I don't know if they would have really allowed for that to happen just by the rules. Uh, but for me, Steph Curry, I'm just – 
I'm kind of shocked that he's on an all-star right now. Now, I know that there's kind of a log jam in the backcourt, but if I had to choose between putting uh, LaMarcus Aldridge or Zach Randolph, we could both, you know, either one of those guys is like the wild card of the two right. wild card spots to get in there. Uh, there's no question in my mind that Curry probably should be in there over Aldridge. And then, of course, the whole factoring for the Grizzlies needing an also representative kind of thing. Because David Lee already got it, who definitely is the most deserving backup big. He's uh, great. The, yeah. But so he's I so underrated. It's true. And this is now that he's on a winning team. Yeah, but now that he's on a winning team, he's finally getting the respect. Even though he's playing, I mean, he's definitely playing better than usual, but it's not like he's completely revolutionized himself. Right. He's just more efficient, a little bit more ball-dominant now. But Steph Curry is absolutely one of the most ball-dominant players in the game and one of the most well-rounded players in the league this year. Yeah, it's, I mean, in the, when I say in the game, I mean just well, so far this season. He's well, healthy, he's just, yeah. and three. He's really well-rounded. He, he does both of those, that's true. He's healthy, and he's, he's doing what he does best, which is draining the outside shot. I know his field goal percentage from three is... I think, you know, it's got to be tops, in, you know, up sure. there in tops in the league. And I, I think that he's definitely uh, a snub, so that's another good pick. Yeah, an effective field goal percentage to the roof with him. But he's also become a pretty good passer. He's just been – he's now in the, in the, he's now a, good, a great all-around point. And they're winning. Yeah, exactly. He's still young. If he stays healthy in the future, he'll get many, many all sorts yeah. down the road. I mean, uh, a guy like Zach Randolph might be his, you know, last or second to last chance. True. You know. True. All right. Well, um, this is – Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. Can I get my stuff? Can I, can I get my snub? I thought you did your snub. No, I was just rambling. Quickly do your snub before we wrap the show. Yeah, right. my snub really quickly is Brooke Lopez. Okay, that's, that's a good one. Um, the Nets are one of the better teams in the NBA playing right now. I think it's 26-16. Yeah. Lopez is one of, if not the biggest reason why. They went 2-5, and five, I think. 2-5 and five without him for seven-game stretch there. Um, you know, and that, that, that's partially important. So I, I think that's a big thing. I mean, he's averaging 18.6 points, 7.4 rebounds, and the Nets are playing great basketball. I think he's there. I believe the three best players in the East in PER are LeBron, Melo, and Brooke Lopez. Yeah, I mean, his is PER <laughs> like 25 or something. Right? Exactly. So, I mean, it's pretty shocking. But I feel like Doc right now finding out that Pierce got snubbed. All right, well, you're getting snubbed because uh, we're ending the Garden Report right now. So whatever it is. You're going to be sad because you're not going to see us until Sunday, but you're going to see the Celtics play in Atlanta. Right, Atlanta? Right, Atlanta. Friday night. Uh, so for reference, Clinchy. For Jimmy Toscano, that's right, it's tonight right now. My name is Jared Weiss. We'll see you Sunday, early edition of the Garden Report, because it's a 1 o'clock game. So we're going to get some omelets in the morning before the game, and then we're going to see LeBron and Paul Pierce go at it. We'll see who is the all-star snub. Ray, Ray, will we get cheered or will we get food? Probably a little bit of both. Probably a lot of both. I'm just going to say, it's going to start out kind of like being good, and then it's going to be when they do the Jumbotron videos. Okay, well, let's end this one. Start a report. Self-exposed. 89 to 86, we're out of here.